Hey guys, welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. I just have to start this out by letting you know that we did initially record this whole entire podcast, the whole entire hour we had it locked in, and something happened with the technology. We're just some meatheads trying to do a podcast together, and we can only record five minutes. So we talked for about 55 minutes with absolutely no recording. So we're coming at you second dose here today, all right? We do have a special guest for you. We have my man Keith Irving here, all right? He's going to introduce himself, talk a little bit about his journey and what's brought him here. And of course, my guy Adam here is with me as well. Welcome, fellas. Yeah, and we're going to try and uh, recreate or remember the stuff we talked about for an hour <laughs> last time. So we recorded. So um, right now it's go. Tuesday, uh, June, what is it? The 20- 29th. 29th. Uh, so we recorded this this past Friday. Yep. Uh, we talked <laughs> for an hour. Only five minutes got recorded. So then we had to rearrange. We all had to coordinate schedules to make this happen today so this was supposed to get posted yesterday but anyway uh keith Sorry. me and tyler already know everything about you because we had this conversation already but uh <laughs> we'll try and make it new and fresh uh tell us a little bit about yourself uh you know how old are you where are you from how long you've been a trainer and what got you into training it's kind of a brief uh overview yeah so um thanks for having me first and foremost obviously and, and he's uh, seen both of our houses now yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> both, both gyms so. i've seen both gyms now <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'm from originally from Queensbury. Uh, grew up in Nashville, Tennessee for nine years. Oh wait, I um, didn't know that. See that? Yeah, yeah, see, what? What you didn't? Yeah, see, the, he didn't tell us this the first time. I had to add information. To, to well, I went to we, actually. <laughs> shock I went to. Like, you heard the same shit the second time. Oh, dude, I went chill. to Nashville once. I loved it. That's, Nashville's it, dope. It was so much fun. It's yeah, awesome. Never been one to though. Dude, it's it's a great time. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. life changing. Yeah. So tell us. So you moved up here when you were nine. You know, so I was born in Glens Falls Hospital, oh, lived down my okay. family, uh, with my family when I was two, lived down there for like nine years, came back up. Okay. Um, my mom got remarried back, you know, back up here. And then, uh, so I've been up here ever since. Okay, cool. Uh, a short time, actually, I actually lived in Texas for three months when I was playing for the affiliate team for the G League team in mm-hmm. Texas. So yeah, so you played basketball, right? You yeah, played for, for, pro basketball. For a little bit, yeah. Nice. Small, small, very small period of time, but, um. But yeah, that's kind of where my story kind of meets what what you guys just asked me about where I got you know into training. Mm-hmm. Um, as an athlete, you know, I, I kind of kept experiencing the realities of not training properly in the gym for weight training, for resistance training, for prehab, for you know corrective exercise, and then kind of balancing out what I was creating as far as problems. As you, Tyler, you know from mm-hmm. you know basketball, and I'm sure you know from just from lifting sometimes yeah. and going through those things where you need to balance your your body out. Um, and that's what kind of catapulted me into training because I was tired of feeling like crap. I was tired of not being 100% on my game. And you know what it's like when you know that you have more in the tank mm-hmm. and you can't give it because your body's not allowing you to perform. So and before that, were you, were you just when you were – so as far as like workouts going, it was pretty much just basketball and basketball it practice. Was, it was basketball and, and I wasn't educating myself in terms of um, – in, in terms of strength training and what I needed to do to to um, to do specifically for my sport, so sport specific training. Now that I understand that as a trainer, I'm looking back and I'm I'm saying, yeah, I definitely was not doing exactly what I needed to do mm-hmm. to to you know keep myself on track um, at that level, especially. But uh, you know, lesson learned. You know, moving forward, I think that that's something that it it was bad at the time, but to me, honestly, now it's a story that I can bring to all my athletes. Like now. What I'm doing now, too, is I'm assistant basketball coach at ACC for the women's team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to be starting to do strength and conditioning at ACC this, this fall semester. Uh, so now that I, I have that experience, I can tell these kids, like, hey, this is where I've been. This is where I messed up. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, this is what you need to do to make sure that doesn't happen to you. So ACC yeah. is local community college for those who don't know. 
That's yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I think it, uh, the fact that you were an athlete will definitely, obviously, make you way more relatable to those to those people. But even if for people who aren't athletes, I think a lot of people do uh, things on a regular basis, whether it's uh, activity like a physical labor job or like uh, you know working out in general. And they don't know how to properly do it, so they tend to get aches and pains. Or yeah. which is much worse for most people is they just sit too much and they're not active. Yeah. And again, they have aches and pains. And I find that a lot of people will then use that as an excuse to not work out, not mm-hmm. understanding that working out can actually fix those aches and pains. So right. for instance, someone will say, like, I have a bad back or a bad knee or a bad shoulder, so I, I'm not, I shouldn't resistance train. Yeah. Where in, in reality, they, are, they need it more than anyone, mm-hmm. more than someone who is healthy, you know, yeah. to fix those issues. Well, that's a good point, too, because if you think about it, I don't know, if most of you listening, and I'm sure you guys know this, too, like the first thing that you do, if you've ever had an injury and you've gone to physical therapy, oh, I know. Yeah. is you move that joint. You move it with light resistance, and you start to, to do something with it. You don't just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But, so. but I've, what I've found, though, is a lot of people who don't go to they, – they don't make it to that uh, point. They initially go to like a primary care doctor, and this yep. is gonna be a whole another top. This is gonna be a whole another time. But they can go to a primary <laughs> primary care doctor, and they say, you know, my back hurts, yep. and they just go, okay, you know, don't do anything. Yeah. They're like, don't. They're like, you know, okay, stop. Say someone does exercise, they're like, okay, well, don't exercise for two weeks. Yeah, and then this person, yeah, we get lock up more. Yeah, up more. <laughs> uh, again, and I've dealt with this. I mean, I had a conversation with a client recently who uh, she was just having like. Um, what was it? Basically, like a pain in the center of her hand, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, I forget what it is. It's actually uh-huh. no trick. It's called trigger finger. It's actually a thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's like a, it's basically just tightness in your hand. But she went to the doctor, and what did they do? They just they gave her a cortisone shot. Yeah. And I'm like, I even told her, I was like, that seems a little extreme. Like your hand hurts. They just stick a needle in it. They didn't mm-hmm. tell you. I literally YouTubed. Like I just Googled it and I looked up uh, Trevor Bachmeyer Smashworks, yep. who's a very uh, intelligent, very successful physical therapist. Little typed in Smashworks trigger finger. He had a video on it. <laughs> I sent her the video and you know I even wrote up like a quick like breakdown of the video because his yeah. videos are a little bit long. I was like literally just do this. And she's like, oh, that made it feel way, way better. I was like, I just did that for free. And, and you know, my, my point is just like a, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of times they go to a doctor and it's just like, don't do anything. Um, and, and instead, they could be going to a, a trainer like Keith or Tyler or myself. Or even if you don't, can't afford that, going online and actually learning about some people who are successful in this field who put mm-hmm. up free content. And a lot of these things are fixable, but they, the people just choose to just you know either work around them or, or ignore them you know for a long time. So anyway, uh, Keith, you got into training, so you started working on your own. At what point in that process did you start training other people? So early on, my first little taste of it was, in which we talked about this the first time we recorded this. Yeah, already. but no one else heard that, so, so you just <laughs> act like we didn't hear that. <laughs> they don't, they don't even, um, no, is uh, you know. When I was at the, at the gym at the YMCA in, in Glens Falls is where it kind of started. And I, and I kind of started to like doing it. It was just a guy, you know, an adult would come up to me and hand me 20 bucks and say, hey, work with my kid in the gym. Just show him that, you know, jump shot, whatever. Show him some dribble so it's more like stuff. basketball training, yeah, and basketball then, drills. And I always thought after that, I, I mean, I went on to help with some camps for basketball stuff. So not necessarily personal training, but that was like the taste of it. And I'm like, you know what? I like helping other people. Yeah. I like helping other kids. I like doing this stuff. I actually got to go down to Emily Krzyzewski Center in North Carolina mm-hmm. with my trainer at the time who trained Chris Duhon from the Knicks. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I trained at, at uh, Brandon Steiner's house in, so, in Westchester. It was crazy. Was wow, that's insane. awesome. Dude. None of so, this was on the first podcast. So, <laughs> so I, I got that experience too, but I met that guy down there and when he was in, in New York still. He's from North Carolina. And uh, he got me down there to the Emily Krzyzewski Center. I got to meet some Duke players. Yeah. And that's where I was really like, cool factor. I was like in, I was like a little kid in a candy store, of course. Yeah. So that's where I, one, I fell more in love with basketball. And two, I wanted to, you know, eventually that started to change my mind in terms of and mold my thoughts on what I wanted to do with my life yeah. you know, down the road. So I think that's what the root was. Mm-hmm. So to answer mm-hmm. your question, after I got done playing, I started training and then I started um, learning. Sorry, I started learning and educating myself on personal training and stuff like that, what I needed to do. Actually, initially, I was getting my certification to work for Metabolic. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> long story short, that didn't end up working out. Somehow yeah. they didn't do the, the, they didn't open the branch that they were going to open up, mm-hmm. which to me, like I'm a you know, spiritual person, I just believe that you know, God has a plan for me and that wasn't supposed to happen. So, um, you know, moving forward from that, I still got my certification to, to be prepared for that. It didn't work out. And then I started to um, just do my own thing right there at a couple of gyms where they allowed me to rent the space and I just started small and just yeah mm-hmm. just did root, you know grassroots marketing just you know word of mouth family and then friends and then you know I, I got to you know a good amount of clients at first when I first started then COVID hit and obviously we all know how that went so yeah, yeah. yeah. it was different for everybody like you said it kind of was, it was good yeah it kind of ended up being a positive thing for me not at first I mean not at first but it definitely yeah. ended up bringing about way more positives than negatives. But right. I think probably for you too, because it, I, I, at this point, maybe uh, it gave you time to really think of like, okay, if you, I mean, you could have easily stopped training yeah. and been like, oh, no, 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 this is, a, this is too risky, you know, because uh, something like this can just shut me down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's obviously caused you to like rebound mentally and be like, okay, no, I'm going to yeah. push harder at this and, and double down on it. Absolutely. So there was a time actually where I did stop just because there was gyms absolutely closed. You're just closed completely. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, that that time period, like you said, you were still able to train clients. Well, I was I, no, I actually wasn't training anybody. I was just putting out free online. workouts. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I had clients who so wanted still me to promotion of the business, but yeah. just not able to actually. I actually looked at it as like a, a, a an opportunity to, okay. I'm a small business owner. I'm getting shut down right now, but I'm going to still put free people, free stuff out there to help other people. Then that's strictly what it was. I didn't charge anybody for anything. I didn't back end it with a sales pitch or come work with me. It was strictly free. And I would say all the time, all I ask is that if you enjoy this, just please share it and like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it ended up on the back end that I feel like that kind of like, you know, built equity in the community with me and, yeah, and i think that i sure. exposed me to people i maybe hadn't worked with before and uh it ended up you know i had a not to go off about me but like last year my my wife threw me like a surprise birthday party uh, for my 30th birthday during COVID at our house and a bunch of people who were doing the free workouts actually got together without me knowing obviously and they all like uh basically as a thank you like basically like Pitch like basically paid me for some tra- like as if I had trained them. So they'll everyone pay- so oh, some okay, people pitching yeah. like ten bucks or twenty bucks. But it ended up being like a, a, a good chunk of, of money as like a thank you for all the free stuff I put out. And at that point, I had put That's out awesome. probably a hundred different free things. And it yeah. just and it wasn't about the money, but it was more about these people just appreciated yeah. it. So then on the back end, when I started training people out of my garage. Like you know, I so I actually have a client right now or two clients right now 
who I met through doing free boot camps, and they're still training with me. Yeah, so yeah, it did work out. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, uh, what the the main focus of the podcast, what we were talking about last time, was more focused on the idea and the concept, the mindset shift of being a person, a man or male or female, who decides to kind of go off on their own and do their own thing and start their own business and how it's and kind of like the non-Instagram side of it, like just day-to-day stuff that we all go through mentally, emotionally and schedule-wise to sustain having your own business. And so like uh, me and Tyler have kind of talked about that before on our own, but like so Keith, for you, mm-hmm. being an athlete, you know, is a very hard job. But at the end of the day, when you're an athlete, you also are still kind of working for someone else. You have a coach to tell you where to be and what to do every day. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of independent work you have to put in, but at the end of the day, you're, you're in some sort of structured program. Mm-hmm. So when you started doing things on your own, uh, how is that like a mental shift for you? Like stress wise, schedule wise to go from, okay, someone's giving me what I have to do today versus now I'm just, this is all up to me. That's exactly right. There's nobody there telling you what to do, which is you're either you're, your flame, or it's, it's, it's either your boost or your, your death, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's your motivation to do more anything that you want and everything that you can possibly do or, or you said be lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not so, so for me, it was like, it was, that was a definitely like, there's been multiple times in my life where I feel like I've been thrown to the wolves and that's been my best performance. Yeah. My new job yeah. where I, they're like, you know, serving. That was one. I think everybody should serve at least for a summer. Yeah. I think that's an great experience. Yeah, like food, like food service, yeah. right? It's, no, it's, I agree. I think, awesome. I think no matter where you come from, what your background is, whether you're like, I don't, I, you know, I, me and Tyler have talked about our, our backgrounds. I'm not, I don't know about your background specifically, but I know me, like, I, you know, growing up without money and stuff like that, like I kind of had to get those type of jobs when mm-hmm. I got into the adult life. Yeah. But I think whether you come from a background like me or you come from uh, a background where you have money and your parents are, are providing like, you know, opportunities for you, you still should get a service job yeah, at some point, some sort of yeah, job yeah. where you are, you know, dealing, you know, dealing with the, yeah. the public. It's fun. And yeah, I think that also, you, learn you guys can say this, you guys are this is a perfect example. Like it translates directly to the personal training. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean if you if you can put a smile on your face when like someone's bitching at you about their food <laughs> and and be a normal person like you can be I mean you can oh, deal with the most training. you can personal train anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so in personal training, you can always just make them do split squats if they're yeah. pissing you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know what? Like like are you being rude? Split squats. <laughs> No, you can't do that to a person at a dining table. Yeah, yeah, you just be like, it's awkward. My my uh, my my wife uh, through college when she's putting herself through college, she uh, she waited tables, and she has like way more. She has way more stories from waiting tables than any like teaching story. She's been a teacher now for like eight years, yeah. and all any time we talk about stories, it's always like serving stories because those are the most interesting stories. Yeah, so, like, yeah, and yeah. her and her two best friends all served at the same place in the early 20s. So whenever they're together, that's all they talk about is like these crazy serving stories. Yeah. 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 As far as, um, Keith, like as far as like, so your transition goes, you notice any similarities between like when you were playing in uh, basketball and then in terms of uh, being your own businessman now? Do you feel any similarities or differences? What are the biggest things that you notice between the two? I have my own similarities, I think, volunteers. Yeah, like basically like, tra- <laughs> like traits that carry over. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So like character traits that yep. carry over from being yeah, an athlete yeah, yeah, to yeah. being your own business owner. Yep. Yeah, I think that humility, definitely humility mm-hmm. and being able to admit when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's, those, those two things right there alone will get you 
I think the like further than any isolating any other factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of your your behavior and how you carry yourself. As a yeah. Professional. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I feel the same way in terms of uh, to for playing at that level. It's uh, your commitment is one hundred percent tested. Um, as far as I do, I do agree to some extent of what you were saying. As having a, having a coach and still being like a set system. Um, what I what what I compare the most similar between those two. So between running your own business and doing that is. Um, it's the freedom. It is the freedom to yeah. be able to, because although, although you're on a team when you're playing, right, you're still, you still have to add to what your own bag is, right? What your own toolbox is as a player. Yeah. And you're still able to kind of pick and choose the things that you want to input and put into your business and to choose what represents you the best, whether it be well, it's like, the court it's like or like self accountability. Yes. Yeah. So being able, yep. cause at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm sure you guys know this better than I do. It was like once you make the team, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a starter. No, you know what I mean, yeah, and, and, and yeah. once you're a starter, it doesn't mean you're going to stay a starter. Like mm-hmm. you have to every game, it's a clean slate. Yeah. You have to prove yourself every single time. And I think for for you guys, you know, especially like going into an appointment, you could be on your you know, your six a.m. session. And you have to bring the same energy to your 6 p.m. session. And even though it's in the same day and you're tired, but it's that client's first session of the day. It's their only session of the day. So it doesn't matter how tired you are. Like you have to bring it. It's the same thing with, you know, playing a game. Like it doesn't matter if you're going for the win regardless. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good point though. Like, you know, and and I think that I've seen from even clients who aren't athletes, I've seen the – the similarities between people who are successful in their career for and who are also then successful when it comes to fitness. And when I say successful in fitness, it doesn't mean someone who has six pack abs yeah. or can deadlift, you know, three times their body weight or anything like that. I mean someone who is willing to show up, be humble, work hard, and, you know, keep putting in the work knowing that it's never over. Mm-hmm. And Good honestly, morning. some of my most successful Yeah, consistency. Yeah, and I think some of my same. most successful clients I can point to them i could say oh it's this person and they are also successful in this area of their life and it may not be directly from the gym Mm -hmm. but it just shows the character trait that that is constant which is you know i have i have to to break this down for you guys is basically i train clients right now out of my garage i have a pretty decent training studio set up (laughs) but at the end but at the end of the day it's a garage and the majority of my clients could all afford to go train at a fancy training studio with someone else, but they are humble enough to show up here and put in hard work every day. So I'm basically like a version of like Ben Bruno in upstate New York. <laughs> I'm training people who are more successful than me and they're coming to my garage to do so. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah, if you don't know who Ben Bruno is, he trains like Justin Timberlake and like Jessica Biel, Kate Upton, Chelsea yeah. Handler, like some NBA players as well. Um, but one thing that we did talk about last time that I wanted to make sure we got to, and we kind of just touched on it a little bit with the serving jobs, weird jobs that you had before you mm-hmm. were a trainer. And I now there's no shocking answer. But Tyler dropped it on me last week when we recorded this that he was a security guard at like a mental ward. Or, <laughs> I, I, I was like, what? I didn't yeah. know that. So so weird. I would say that was a pretty. That was definitely a weird job. Um, weird job that not related to like me just. Being a large person um, was I. Uh, I did stock for a bit actually at the dollar store when I was younger, and I just. I thought stock. you were gonna say like you were a stockbroker. No, 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 no. I'm not that interested. That'd be all street. Um, but yeah, so I actually I worked at uh, the local hospital, um, Ellis Hospital, which is located in Schenectady, New York, and uh, yeah, I mean there's a there's a whole mental floor. Yeah. Um, there, so that saying like I didn't work there 24/7, but if there was you know a cold or something where they needed uh, the nurses needed help. 
uh, with restraints, whether, um, you know, someone was being either like physically violent, shot, like taking on their own accord to be violent, or if they just, you know, mentally were off and they couldn't control it and they need help with things. So yeah, that was, um, that opened me up to a lot, a lot of people. It opened me up to a, um, an audience and in a group of people, which I didn't spend too much time around, obviously, yeah, because yeah. I like to think I'm at least only a little crazy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but overall, it was uh, super interesting. It was, um, you know what I will say, though? The, I guess, weird word to use, but the craziest thing to say about that certain certain time is I had, like, individual conversations with some people because I would have to sit by them yeah. and, like, watch and make sure they're okay. And, like, some of them would seem so normal would have like a basic like regular demeanor could talk the same way as we are doing on the as we are right now on the podcast and it could just be the flip it could be something so small and they just turn into something different yeah like i mean like not even like forming sentences just like snap and i was just like wow okay so now i know you know compared to like when you're seeing a a normal human being you can see like the anger rise in them or their emotions normally unless you're bipolar i guess but um you can see the change but for this you can go from one end of the spectrum to not and they would just think it's like normal yeah yeah so it's very interesting i I learned a lot being there a lot of uh, self-control and patience as well but oh yeah i can imagine man and also just like i guess also like restraint and yeah and being able to stay calm in a stressful situation because no matter if you're bigger than the person who's going through that or not it's still a stressful, intimidating situation to be there when that's yeah, happening. Especially, right. yeah, you were young, too. Yeah. We were, right, like, 21, 22. Yeah, this was, yeah, I think 20 or 21. Yeah, yeah, 21. yeah so exactly. So it's, it's that's yeah, that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah. I know I've definitely never had a job that intense. I've worked at grocery stores, shoe stores, unloaded trucks. I was worked at GNC. I worked at Subway. It's the sandwich shop. Uh, <laughs> Not in the Subway. With Jared or no? No, no, not with Jared. Jared no, no. I, I, uh, I, I, that was Subway was, uh, is just like this weird. I remember this the feeling of like seeing the clock and being like, okay, I got fifteen minutes left, oh, and gosh. then like a two or three buses of like oh, hot middle goodness. school <laughs> lacrosse teams pull in and they're all and you're like you can't leave yeah and then yeah, and yeah. you can't leave in the middle of that when everyone else is working and then you end up being at work for like an extra hour and you're just like oh my god and it's like and it's at subway too like you don't make tips yeah I was about to no say. one tips you so it's just like i'm making eight bucks an hour whether i make 11 sandwiches or one so yeah. uh it's yeah, yeah. Um, but I think those jobs though, when, when you get to the point where you either find a career that you're very passionate about, or you, you decide to start your bit, your own business, which hopefully would be something you're passionate about as well. Um, it gives you this, like, like, I'll never forget those jobs and I know what it's like to have them. And, um, I, I'm a little different than, you know, Tyler and Keith in the sense that like, I didn't go to college, Mm -hmm. so I don't have a degree, uh, like to fall back on. And, uh, so that, that does get scary sometimes to be like, wow, like, you know, if I didn't have training, like, what would I be doing? Cause I don't have a degree and really training, you know, personal training is really one of the only other like skills I have that I'm, I feel I'm good enough at to, you know, charge people money for it and, and mm-hmm. provide a service for it. Mm-hmm. So that definitely motivates me on the tough days or the days that you're questioning yourself to be like, wow, like wherever I'm at now in life, like, uh, I'm thankful for it. Cause I, it, like, again, like I, it's not like I went to college and got a degree and was like, oh, well now I'm going to do this other job and I can always go back to yeah, this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Not to say that that's your mindset at all. I'm just saying like, yeah. I do have friends who 
went to college and got degrees and then they realized they didn't like that career and then decided to be a, tr- a training or do something else they're passionate about, but they still have to pay off those student loans. So I'm glad I don't have that, that stress, that stress. So that's, that's, that's the one payoff is like at this point, I'm like, oh, I don't have any student loans. <laughs> that's really yeah, it. Well, that makes you far off more ahead than a lot of people. I have no idea. Yeah. What about you? What, uh, what jobs did you have, Keith? I had Full Locker, yep. Landscaping, Construction. I actually did security. I forgot that. I left yeah, that out yeah, last okay. time. But yeah. but yeah, I did security as well. It's like babysitting adults acting like children. Yeah, basically. You know, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got into serving. And then I think that's most of them are like odd, little odd jobs, like size to them, nothing official, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then in training, you know, so. Yeah. You kind of touched on you kind of touched on this a little bit when Ty asked you about the the parallels between sports, but um, you know, if you want to elaborate on those two, or if you want to say two more, but like, uh, what are a, what are a couple of traits that you feel, uh, or, traits or pieces of advice that you would give to someone who is you know starting their own business, mm-hmm. whether that's a training business or not, you know, what are some things that you feel are are good for them to to practice on on a regular basis. One, I mean, you can't really teach this one, but the first thing I think of most is just never stop wanting to learn. Yeah. Never stop yeah, wanting to understand. Yeah. I mean, that's just my personality. Especially from starting a business. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, 100%, you need to be able to never be comfortable with knowing enough to just, you know, knowing more than most people in that room doesn't make you mm-hmm. satisfied. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, I want to be able to be better than freaking, you know, the best NBA trainer there is like you know that's my goal whether or not I accomplish that doesn't matter my thirst mm-hmm. for more knowledge and understanding and stuff you have to be in it you know, completely mm-hmm. and saturated in whatever it is that you're doing it doesn't matter if it's training it doesn't matter if it's you know whatever it is that your hobby is it's you know it's necessary that you have that passion and drive to just constantly learn so mm-hmm. I think that is you know to me I think that's more personal that's in, in my like list of important things is thirst for knowledge but then also just um, like I said before like and to dive deeper into it just admitting when you're wrong yeah. because like I said you you might learn so much information you'll never learn everything that there is to know about training mm-hmm. and anybody that tells you that they do they're lying because there's so much to it and everything is an experiment you know and you'll if, if you're an athlete yourself and you're just getting training or if you're a trainer and you're constantly yeah. training others you know that Everything is like, you, what's the first thing we do? One of the first things we do is an assessment. Assessment's a test, and it's a test to see how you're moving. Yeah. And then we, another thing to consider, too, as trainers, is we don't feel contractions for clients. You can't feel how they feel. Yeah. So that comes into, you know, this whole other world of like, okay, just assuming that your client's being honest with you about, you know, how they feel. Uh, I think I think communication. Like so yeah, so being able to communicate, yeah. And then and like I said, going back to that, just not being being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, like Tyler was just describing with yeah. that job. Mm-hmm. And that's where this directly translates: is that you're not going to be comfortable ever because you're you can't understand everything completely. But but you have to be able to be okay with that, and then know that you're just going to do your best to you know what I mean, like make the best out of that session with what you know, you know yeah I mean? you, you have to be able more. to adapt yeah. uh you know and be able to you know like i said make the most out of what you have whether that's knowledge wise like maybe you have a 
uh, you know, whether you have a vast knowledge of a topic or a skill or you have a relatively base level knowledge and you're just starting out, it's being able to accentuate the positives and, and work on your negatives and, and, you know, and, not, and being able to admit. I find that when you're able to admit that you don't know something, it actually makes you seem smarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because well, people don't think you're a know-it-all. They, yeah, if a absolutely. client asks me a question and I don't know the answer, like before, I, my, I was telling you, my client with the trigger finger, like I didn't know how to fix that, mm-hmm. but I researched it and then yep. centered the materials to do so. I didn't take mm-hmm. credit for it. Like, oh, I knew this already. This is easy. You know what I, mean? I, I let her know that this is where I got it from. Um, so I think that that's very, that is very valuable regardless if you're training people or you're opening up, a, I don't know, like a taco standard, a taco <laughs> truck. Like being able to understand that like just because you think that taco tastes good, if your customer doesn't, you should probably make some changes. <laughs> Granted, like, you know, if there's – but on the flip side of that, I know we're kind of going off on tangents here. But I think another, another very important part of being a, a business owner or, or just starting your own thing is being able to understand that it's okay – that what you're doing won't be for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's it's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I have only recently started to like really come to terms with that because and it's not because I think I'm the greatest and everyone should like me. It's because it, it, when you're slapping your name on something and you're saying, you know, this is my business, my thing, this is what I do, and especially when it's a service where I don't have employees, you guys don't have employees. Yeah. I'm the face and the worker and the boss and the assistant. I'm everything. So when someone doesn't like what I do, it, it's I, it's easy to take that personally. Like, oh well, what am I doing wrong? But I think being able to understand, like, okay, as long as you know you're doing right by your clients and you are trying to provide the best service possible and, like Keith said, constantly learning, constantly trying to get better, you should be okay with the fact that, okay, it's it's all right if what I'm doing isn't going to be, you know, appealing to everybody because – you know, it's just, it's not possible to please everybody. And if you're constantly trying to please the people who aren't down with what you're doing, you're going to alienate the people who do like it. And I've made that mistake before where I have become with like, was so like competitive and obsessed with trying to appeal to people who just weren't down with what I was offering Mm -hmm. that I would unknowingly sort of disregard or almost neglect people who were already paying me for my for service who were already been sticking with me because i'm like thinking well am i not doing good enough like why mm-hmm. doesn't this other person want to train with me or or, or or use my services um so i think that's that's a huge one and i think that's something that me and tyler have talked about um in like off air is just because he's starting his own thing is just being comfortable with the fact that like hey like you might not have the following that you think you were going to have by starting your own thing. But the people who do follow you, it shows how down with you they really are. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to, you know, roll the dice on someone who's training out of their garage. Like the same yeah. thing with me. Like the clients who show up to my garage every every morning and are willing to come here and, and train with me. It just shows how much they enjoyed what I do because otherwise, like I said, they could just go to a big box gym and get a trainer there and have all the amenities. They could, you know, I, they could have everything. Nice free, air free, room, yeah, air conditioning, free, free coffee. And I've even recently had, uh, you know, a client start up and then stop because she just w- wasn't into the idea of training in a garage. And, yeah. and at first it's like a, like a kick in the dick. Like you're just like, what? But I did such a. I thought we did. I did such a good job. I thought I was really helping you out. But it at the end of the day, like it just wasn't for her. But it doesn't take away from the whole group of other people who are down with it. You know. I think on that same note, uh, actually, for uh, in regards to like what you were saying, I think 
like realizing too that um, I, if COVID made me realize anything, it made me realize how on the drop of a dime, how everything can change and people's yeah. lives can change and be insane, right? So the way I look at it from like uh, a training standpoint or just being, you know, humble and just grateful for, again, like you said, I'm having people come to my home to train literally in my garage. Then like, I don't take any of those sessions uh, for granted. Um, you know, I, I left a place that had almost 3,000 clients to go down to, you know, about 20 right now by yeah. myself. So um, each and every one of those people, and I think it's utilizing that time that I do have them with to be completely cut off and connected emotionally to them um, for whatever they're there for, for whatever yeah. their goals are, for whatever that time is, and putting all of my time and effort specifically into that. I think in terms of uh, talking about uh, traits and things that you feel resonate for anyone who wants to start their own gym um, or who wants to start their own business just in general, um, I think number one, number one, definitely believing in yourself and believing that you have the ability to, again, keep learning like Keith was uh, talking about. I think on that same note of that coin is to realize that you're not going to know everything yeah. and be humble enough to take ad advice and criticism and just be open to it could even be your wife, your spouse, your brother, your mother, anyone who is somebody who was close to who you normally cut off and being open to say, oh, hey, maybe this idea would work. Yeah. Or, you know, just not thinking that. Again, some of what Keith was saying, but just like that, you know everything and you have all the answers because none of us do. Even these, what we would call great personal trainers or or, tra or anyone who's great in their craft, right? They still don't know everything. There's no oh, yeah, thing yeah. that can hold that much information in your head, realistically speaking. So to, it's just... Yeah, not to interrupt you, but, yeah. but one thing but, that I, I wanted to add on to that is is very important is uh, along the lines of knowing that you don't know everything yep. is also being very um specific mm -hmm. with what it is that you want to offer yeah because it is very easy if we're talking specifically to like trainers in general it is very easy to want to dip into every pond of fitness whether it's uh <laughs> nutrition online coaching in-person coaching boot camps whatever mm -hmm. it is and try to do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and i i know with with me um, this also relates directly to what you were saying. Uh, this is just showing like the, the advice you were giving it, it, real life ways that it has worked is it took advice from my, uh, from my wife, mm -hmm. fiance at the time of saying, you really need to like focus in on what it is you want to do. Yeah. Because when I first started my business and I still do all of these things. So I still do corporate wellness, yep. in-person training, online training, online nutrition coaching. And I will still run like challenges and stuff like that. But she was like, Every other day, you're posting about a different thing that you do mm -hmm. on like social media, which is another thing that we probably advise you is post a lot and put out a lot of free content. But free, every day free, I was, free, free. yeah, <laughs> but I was always free. posting about new th other things. Oh, I do yeah. corporate stuff. She was like, just directly focus on one thing. What do you, what aspect of your business do you want to grow? And when I started just focusing on the nutrition, mm -hmm. the nutrition started to grow. Yep. And did it grow overnight? Like, no, but I can, I can, you know, tangibly see. Oh, I started putting more content out around this time and over the course of X amount of months, I've seen this many more clients than I would have seen last year mm -hmm. when I wasn't really – when I was posting about everything. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing what it is you want to offer and, and, and not being afraid to network and refer out to people who are better than you at other things. Mm -hmm. So for example, if someone comes to me um, – and I've done this recently – uh, if a student athlete comes or a parent comes to me and says, you know, can you train my son or, or, mm -hmm. or daughter there? You know, they want to train and they're, they're, they're a baseball player or whatever. 
I refer them out to um, – I have been referring to my, my friends uh, Dan Jones and Mike Serrani own a gym, a facility that is specifically for student athletes. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome at what they do. And I've referred probably three or four people towards them. And every single time the parent goes, thank you so much for doing it. They love that place. And it's not because I think I'm a suck at training student athletes. But mm-hmm. I just know they're going to go there. They're going to be around other people their age. They're going to be – it's a better environment for them as opposed to coming here doing this one-on-one with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I could have easily been like, yeah, yeah, and taken their money yep. and just to train them. And I wouldn't have been giving that person the best experience that they could have had. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like knowing what you're doing, knowing what it is you want to offer – being able to take advice, which is another thing, like you know, not my wife also was the one who came up with the idea to like you should do a, a challenge, mm-hmm. and I've done five challenges now, and it ended up being a a good part of my business that I look forward to when I do like two or three a year, and it's a good money making part of my business. It's a good part of my business to reach more people. Yep. But it was her idea, not that yeah. I had never heard of one before, but obviously she was like you should do this, and then was like let's do it, let's do it on this date. Yep. So be open to advice. Uh, know what it is you're offering and don't be afraid to network and refer out because as many referrals as I've given out, I've probably gotten double the amount referred right, towards right. me just because I, I refer out to multiple different people. So then if I'm getting at least one from each or two from each, then I'm, I'm almost doubling my, you know, my uh, return on that investment. Yeah, I think even just honestly, and this probably sounds so basic and generic, but just like be a good person. <laughs> I mean, oh. as simple as that sounds, but like, Make the choices, like you said, for like referring out to others or someone you, somebody or something that you know may do a better job or they're more specific, like to that client specifically. Like, if they're reaching out to you, they want to make a change in themselves, and that taking that first step is the hardest step to do yeah. in general. Man, I remember first step I took towards trying to trying to lose weight. Yeah, like we talked about it in a different podcast. I stopped eating nachos. I started eating salad. It worked as long as yeah, that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have to just do what's right by your people. And I think doing what's right by your people always. And I know from a business standpoint, right? Like I, I, I did go to college, got a four-year degree in business management. And um, they'll even when you go to school and stuff, they'll tell you every decision has to be made specifically towards business, towards like making the dollar. But like in my opinion, excuse my language, but fuck that. I agree. I didn't grow up with all the money in the world. I don't need to base all my decisions specifically, uh, you know, for my business off of making the most amount of money I can. If I did that, I'd be uh, training 10 people a day in person. I'd try to have 50 online or 50 to 100 online clients and I would overload myself and do everything strictly based upon money. And I've I've done that before. And 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 honestly, it just – you end up making marginally more money yeah. and just you're just burnt out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, you know, putting the value and the wants and needs of your client or your possible client, your potential client first and realizing that like, okay, if you can provide them with that service, then these are my rates. And if we do so, you're going to put your everything into that time that you have with that person every day, whether it's virtually or in person. But I just think not basing simply everything off of like, all right, yeah, I'm just getting this money. I'm going to get this money from this person. This is what I have. This is the total I have at the end of the week. And just making that shift to know that like, although these big companies or, or big trainers that you may see, like, uh, you know, Joe DeFranco, Ben Bruno, they may be training all these people who seem, um, you know, higher profile or they seem like they're just everywhere and they're making all this money. It's still just know that like they've also got so much more skin in the game. And I think that's a large difference that I can tell even just from simple comparisons of myself, right? I opened my business what, two months ago, 
now uh to a little yeah right about two months ago now and like you've been doing it for was it my own business for three years yeah for three years exactly and i i take a lot of advice and stuff and from adam we talk back and forth while we're doing this podcast and we talk for hours way before the podcast even and now we have keith there to talk about and give us some input as well but it's just to to again just to realize that like you give everything like to your clients everything doesn't have to be made strictly off you know the value of a dollar and you have complete freedom and i think realizing that understanding that but then being able to apply that every day it takes time because you're used especially if you work somewhere else you're used to being spoon-fed this is your schedule this yeah. is what you got to do you know what i mean to know there's a transition period to go in between there as well but yeah so this is one thing i'm sure you guys experienced early on is that like when you start to train a lot of clients at once it's easy like you said to, to get distracted by you know thinking about everybody else's mm-hmm. split everybody else's minor little adjustments that you need to be making on a daily basis that's one of those things that you got to be able to stay calm because if you're if you're not focused on on the right things and you know, that's mm-hmm. an easy thing to get caught in and i've experienced yeah. that definitely. oh yeah man i mean yeah. and and honestly like like i've been a trainer for seven years but i have my own business for three years own business. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, own, yeah, yeah, own, yeah but no but my point is that i went from being a trainer and and hustling and grinding at a big box gym yep. and you know making a decent living and you're still kind of you you're almost on the level of like an independent contractor when you're there because yep. you are uh, you know trying to get your own appointments and no one's really spoon feeding you but you are given guidelines mm-hmm. you are given a pool of clients mm-hmm. you have a team of marketing people doing your marketing for you yep. uh, there are people just walking in off the street uh, i had people girls at uh, guys at the front desk who would book assessments for me so like you know because i would i would just tell them hey listen if anyone comes in and they want to do an assessment if you see a opening my schedule just pop them in there you know what i mean i'm happy to do it uh because there was a lot of trainers who hated doing the free ones and Mm -hmm. i would do them um my my point being is that when you make the transition to, to being your own your own boss uh it you can either sit on your ass and and be like i have all the freedom in the world and you can post on instagram every day how you're working from a laptop which i know of people who post every day that they're like at their pool or at their lake and, and all stuff and I know that they don't have any clients yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and me when I post stuff I try to not that social media is everything but I try to be as real as possible and I'll post how I'm up at 4 a.m. I'll post how I'm training back-to-back appointments and st- squeezing in a workout before I'm, you know, watching my son. Bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not all, you know, and I think regardless of the business you start, um, whether you're someone who is at our level or you're someone who is 10 levels above us, it never changes that every day you have to have some sort of system of accountability. So I think that Tyler's correct in that you have freedom but it means you have of the freedom to create a schedule. It doesn't mean you just have yeah. the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want whenever you want. Freedom so, to create, for and sure. W- yeah, so one thing that I've learned from training people who are more successful in their line of work than I am is – and it's uh, and something that I would also recommend if you are someone who's in an appointment-based service like uh, you know training or maybe a barber or something like that. Um, you know, talk to your clients and, and if you if you know of someone and I'm not saying to base everything off money, but if you see someone and they have you know a good career or they own their own business, they're successful and they have a you know good family life and, and they're a good dad or mom and, and, and a good husband or wife and learn from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just they're coming to you for fitness advice and nutrition advice or whatever they're coming to you for, haircuts, whatever, but they're not expecting you to 
know everything and, and believe it or not, most people like to help other people. Mm-hmm. So I've found that for my clients who, who are more successful than me, I take a lot of advice from them and I ask them questions. Mm-hmm. I ask them like, well, what's your schedule? Like I ask every client, like what's your work day look like? Because like I'm so, I'm so interested in other people. Like I don't care if you're a trainer or you work an office job. I'm just curious, like what's your day like? Like what, are you busy today? Do you, do you have a lot of appointments? Like whatever it is. And I found that the, the, the people who are regimented and are willing to get up early and put in the time mm-hmm. are always the ones who are more successful. And it doesn't matter if they make a million dollars a year, a hundred grand a year, or 45 grand a year, those people are going to be happier and more successful because they just, they just punch the clock when they wake up mm-hmm. and they, they put in the time, they don't make excuses. And you know when it is time to relax and have fun, they're able to detach a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that took me a while to learn was, uh, you know, if you own your own business, you got to be able to detach a little bit and unwind and unplug or else you'll just start to resent it. I think that's because it's common. It's common in this, in this industry too, to be the type of person that you, you know, you're very empathetic for other people because you, you yeah. it's our job to literally empathize and to literally step into someone else's shoes yep. and then help them probably like live a better life. Literally sometimes like even more so than we probably can actually. Feel. Oh yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have conversations with you know? clients and, and they'll say things to me and I'm just like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that this small part, this 45-minute part of your day had that much of an impact yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, of, yep, like yep. I had a client email me today and just say how uh, you know, she was walking into the gym and one of her friends just was like, you know, tell Adam he's doing a good job because you're looking great. And she, then she was like, my daughter is eating a snack and she was like, you know – Hey mom, I I feel like I should probably be eating some protein. Like, what are some good sources of protein that I can eat? And I was like, oh wow, like I didn't know that our conversations had that much of an impact outside Mm -hmm. of here. Um, And and not to just build us up as trainers, you know, or anything like that. I'm just saying that we have a certain level of empathy for people. We're genuinely interested in people's lives, and if you show that interest in your customers, your clients, like I don't care if you're like us and you're appointment based, so you have. 45 minutes to 60 minutes with an individual person or if you're I don't know why I keep going back to this but if you do own a taco truck and you're spending and you're spending everybody loves tacos yeah I do, tacos, I, dude I know what it was because I went to the farmer's market on Saturday and I had some good tacos uh, okay, they okay. were really good they are really good but um, but if you're interacting with a client for two minutes yeah. if you can if they can feel good about that purchase regardless of the taste of the taco or the, the, how, you know, much they deadlifted that day. Like, you know, I don't, I think clients enjoy seeing their physical progress in the gym, but at the end of the day, like I like to think that some of these clients who have been with me for Mm -hmm. uh, six years, three years, they just, they also just vibe with me and they like me as a person and they enjoy spending that amount of time with me a week. Cause I mean, shit, I have some clients, I see them more than I see like my my, I see them more than I see my parents because oh, I see so, I yeah. have clients I see five times a week. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't see my parents five times a week. You yep. know what I mean? So like you get to know these people and if they're willing to come to your garage or your studio or your store or your taco truck five times a week, you must be providing a good service. They must like you as a person. Yep. So just double down on that instead of constantly thinking about – well, how can I get the next can I person? Get more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. I think knowing your people 
is, I mean, where I, where I used to coach before, I met a box, which was a group training, and uh, we used to coach 40 to, like, 40, between 40 and 50 people in a class per day, so the same notion. That's, like, per hour. Per hour. Per hour, hour, 40 to 50 people per hour. Exactly. So, if you think of the <laughs> amount, so, just think the differences, right, from the hour session, if we're having a one-on-one session, that is an hour of just me and one other person for a whole hour, the amount of time and uh, energy you can put in just getting to know, like, that one person um, it's so different from like say a group training set where in that hour I probably had maybe two minutes um, to get to know and get to talk to each person but that being said most came five times a week I was able to speak to them more it's the same thing as with um, you know my clients who I have coming now during the week um, I have some people who are coming four times a week or um, other clients who again you'll see five times or, five, or six seven times within like two weeks so you see them way more than you see family members and stuff um, as far as like of course, growing your business, knowing who your clients are and stuff, but speaking to personal training more. At the end of the day, none of us are making anything that's different. None of us are creating something that is 100% different. To some extent, if you make a new move, part of that was used in someone else's workout. Like, we're not recreating the wheel. But I think it's just knowing that you're utilizing this tool and this time and energy towards changing that person's life, whether it's 50 people in, in one punch or if it's one person um, within that time, just knowing that you need to make them feel different and you want to make them feel special. Man. And, and um, I think there's so much negativity that's out there just in general in the world. And that sounds so cliche, but it's it's prevalent. It's social media, TV, everything is geared towards shocking headlines and making us feel a certain type of way yeah. to draw and divide lines in between us. And for me, on a, on, a, on, a, on a personal note, what changed my training was when I was in my group training, um, when I used to work there at my uh, last job, was I'm using this 45 minutes to change every single person's day that comes into this class. Of course, I'm going to correct you, change your form, make sure you're safe, things of that nature. But like I, that stuff comes second. That's the tools that I utilize. I want to use my energy, my time, my effort, and towards making you smile. And it sounds... So cliche, sounds like something you would see maybe on a cartoon, smile at somebody, make them feel well, but I'm telling you 100%, it changes how they feel. There's, I've had stories from clients who have come in, you know, come come to me days later or even weeks, months later, be like, you remember when you said that to me on Friday? Well, yeah, this happened this day, I was having the worst day in the world, I felt like shit, and you said this one thing to me and it stuck with me and now... I'm coming to you consistently. I'm feeling better about myself. My confidence levels have risen. Like you seriously can, I guess just realizing and embracing and harnessing the fact that as a personal trainer, like you are changing people's lives. Like it's not just working out. It's not more, it's so much more than just physical. Yeah. Like one of the reasons I actually enjoy these talks is because uh, it kind of makes you put put things a little bit into perspective at times. Uh, It's just because you were just saying that. And I just realized like, I was was literally just thinking about it. I was like, I legitimately... There's not one session, whether it's corporate wellness or personal training per week, there's not one session that I don't laugh at least once or the client doesn't laugh at least Uh, once. mm, And that's crazy to think about. I never really, I honestly never really thought about that, Mm -hmm. but like that's, that's an awesome, you know, piece of, of our job. And again, trying to make this more broad, just anyone who owns a business, but think about that and apply it to your business, whether you're a trainer or a coach or, or whatever you're thinking of doing, try to have that type of interaction mm-hmm. with as many people a day as you can where either they may allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to laugh or, mm-hmm. or, or make them laugh and make them smile. Because again, if, if I have a, I had a client today, I was talking to him today and he was just like, 
Uh, we were just kind of bullshitting between sets. And he was just like, honestly, he's like, I've been going to like, you know, groups, group, you know, workouts for a while. He's like, and I love coming here so much more. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just like the, right. but he was saying he liked the, you know, the pace and the type of workouts we do. But he's like, he's like, I also just, I just like the conversation that we have. Like and I like the, I like the, I like the vibe. And, uh, yeah. So I think regardless of, of what you're doing, if you're starting your own business, take that with you and just be like, okay, this person is, is a hardworking person who's paying their hard-earned money to use my service or my product, mm-hmm. and that should mean a lot to you. Yeah. I had one per, I had one, I had a boss say this to me one time in one of my, you know, one ra- random job that I had in my life, and he was just like, what would you say if you owned this store and someone came in and spent 10 cents? He's like, you'd probably say thank you. He's like, that's how you should treat, you know, this job is like treat it like it's your store. Mm-hmm. And, and when someone comes in into the store and they're spending money, like you should you should be grateful for that. And at the time, I was nineteen and I was working an eight dollar an hour job. Like I didn't resonate with me at the time, but that stuck with me because like mm-hmm. there is not one session that goes by in a week doing this for as long as I have where I don't say thank you when the person leaves, mm-hmm. even though they you know they they use my, they were they enjoyed my service. I always say thank you because they're spending money to use my service and yeah. that money allows me to provide for my family. So, yeah. you know, remember that. Yo, question. I agree 100%. Question for both of you. What's, what's been one moment so far? And it's hard. This is a hard question. Yeah. It's a hard question. But what's, <laughs> what has been like one of the most significant moments where you've helped someone that's stuck with you still that you think about today? Oh, that's yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, one, one that sticks out is, is one woman who, who came to me to train uh, she wanted to lose weight um, to in order to get pregnant, and then she ended up having like twins. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and I'm not saying obviously like I'm not directly yeah. responsible. I'm not directly responsible for like you know uh, changing her entire life to where she her body was able to you know get mm. pregnant. But I know that the weight loss was definitely something that helped yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. along with that. And, and that, was her, that was her, quote, unquote, her why yep. as, to, as to why she started working out. She didn't That's enjoy awesome. working out. She just wanted – her and her husband wanted to have kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they ended up having twins. And then, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's one. Um, and then I'm, uh, I'll think of one more because I, uh, I guess off the top of my head – I guess I, I I guess just you know just the the I don't want to say the usual because it's always special but just mm-hmm. seeing people lose you know uh, twenty thirty forty fifty pounds but more importantly seeing them make the mental transition to have a better relationship with food mm-hmm. um, you know and and just the confidence that mm-hmm. people that people get from that you know, I've had I've had clients who I've worked with who told me like you know in the past they've they've you know had like suicidal thoughts and were that depressed and now they don't feel that way anymore. Again, not directly because yeah. of me, yeah, but yeah, me yeah. playing uh, the training, playing a small part in that. And they might be a person who are, they're not the type of person who's going to walk into a, a group studio or walk into a box gym. Mm-hmm. They needed like that one-on-one attention and the privacy of a, of a one-on-one session or else they wouldn't have started. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple. Yeah. That's no, deep. I think uh same similar notion on terms of uh, the latter part of what you just said um, just see, seeing the, the comparison, the difference between someone comes in, they tell you their problems or what they feel their problems are with their daily diet choices and stuff. And whether it be, you know, some people have trouble with uh, anemia or uh, anorexia or binging and purging or, uh, you know, for a lot of people, like those are things that tend, um, tend to happen from, I feel from all the social media and, uh, you know, unex- 
unrealistic norms we're all you know trying to be held to. So seeing people change and to be able to build. Losing weight is amazing. Like, losing body fat is awesome. Like, I, I went through a person in a transformation period myself where I lost, like, 70 pounds in a year. And it's from getting more active, changing how you eat, all the things that we preach. But I think it's the mental things that change you over the long term. Like, the habits that you form, mm-hmm. the patterns that you start to choose and engage in, uh, things that you do over not doing something else, the substitutions you make. To be able to see that stuff and then to be able to point that out and show clients that compared to just seeing, oh, like I lost five pounds last month, which is amazing. I'm not saying it's not, but that stuff to me is incredible, like the reward from it. Um, And then on another note, as far as like, just like an individual person. um, (laughs) So I had a woman who was actually, I'd never trained before. She was 60 or 62. And uh, so never focused on range of motion, didn't play sports, literally anything. And just over time, the, she was doing, just doing body weight reverse lunges and she was able to get her knee to the ground. But for me, I don't know what it was. Like she was just this quiet, young, um, young, mm-hmm. <laughs> young lady who was just, you know, just doing anything, but was coming to me consistently day after day. I would ask her what she's doing after. She said, oh, I'm going to relax with my cat and like maybe I'll, I'll call my girls up for a little bit. And I'm just <laughs> like, this is like, and older when she was a teacher for years was retired at this point now. And I was just like, she could be doing absolutely anything else she wanted with her time at all. And she's coming to me who she got from a referral from a former client and is coming to me, coming to me one-on-one to work with me for a whole hour, three times out of the week. And is like literally changing her life. I, don't, I just, I just think people don't appreciate it that much, but like that, that's it for me. It's, it's more so it's on the day to day. You know, I don't have huge, uh, huge one person moments. I'm, not getting anyone pregnant, but like, <laughs> yeah, if you need that service, I was, you know, who to go to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, overall, like, it, I think for the same reasons of it being the thing that, like, you know, like the craziest moment for me, it, it's on that same notion, it's on a day to day. So it's like, that's what drives me to continue to do this every day. It's because you get to see those moments on a day to day. Did you have one specifically, Keith? Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, too. Those those are awesome, by the way. Yeah. Just want yeah. to say that that stuff. I agree, hundred percent. That stuff is literally why we do what we do. At least that's what I, you know, I can say between us three is why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, notable uh, transformations for me it would, would be one of them. Uh, an athlete, just seeing them come from, hey, I didn't make the team this year. I mm-hmm. want to get better. I want to make the team next year. Going from little to no neuromuscular control to being able to double her vertical. And like, just see those adaptations, like you guys were saying, seeing those changes before your eyes, and you're like, "Wow, I helped her do that." Yeah. Like, all credit to her because she did the work. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. But but like, it's it's you're you're a, you're a, you're a part of yeah, yeah, yeah you're a part of that it's you know. Awesome. Um, and then going from but, from not only that, but uh, you know, a client that messes me messaging me saying that it's a problem that he's getting stronger because he can't control his seven iron. It's like, all right, man, you know what? Listen, you want you want you want some help, or you want you know you want to complain? No, it's like it's good, you know, beneficial, like you know, but sometimes problematic, you know, good results. But no, like yeah. improving his game, and then like you know, another one was, you know, uh, actually my girlfriend's mom was she had chronic shoulder pain for over a year, mm. has been seeing the chiropr- chiropractor the whole time, and came to me, and literally in a matter of a few weeks, just correct 
mm-hmm. type of training and then just seeing that transformation and literally every single day just, yeah no shoulder pain it's, it's been gone for the whole time that we've been training now and it's just like stuff like that is just like it feels really good to see yeah that your you know your your hard work and education and passion for what you do paying off and, mm-hmm. and you see that in other people and helping them just helping others. people yeah helping yeah. others for sure all right we're about to run out of time uh, so real quick, we had one question come in, which was, uh, you know, someone starting their own fitness business. They were wondering what to do, um, you know, to get better at, uh, you know, technology, like starting, AKA like starting a website, all that stuff. Uh, but so the one thing uh, we did talk, touch on this last time was just utilizing like third party party sources that are mm-hmm. pretty affordable, like GoDaddy and Squarespace. If you, if you are starting your own website as a personal trainer, uh, and you don't want to drop thousands of dollars on, on uh, a web developer, WordPress, yep. Squarespace. Uh, GoDaddy are all very affordable. They're probably around like 20 to 30 bucks a month. Uh, and that includes your do- domain name, uh, email. And no, uh, we are not sponsored by any of those people. We're not big enough to have sponsors yet. But those are just what we, <laughs> those are just we personally use. But anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this, uh, not to steal Tyler's outro, but if you enjoyed this, uh, give us a five-star <laughs> rating. Please, please share this with other people. Um, let us know what you're liking, what you're disliking. Um, and let us know if you liked the, the format of having a guest on and, and if you know any trainers and nutrition coaches in the area that you'd like to hear more about, uh, let us know and we'll have them on. But thanks, guys. Thanks. Love you guys.